Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. And right now, I just want to uh, hand over this time to Elder Eyang, who will wrap up our vision series uh, with his message today. Elder Eyang. Dinah. Good morning, family. Hallelujah. Um, before I start the message, I would like to welcome someone very special back to worship with us, and his name is Pastor Lionel. Shall we welcome him? Uh, <laughs> and uh, Pastor Lionel checked into a slimming salon called SGH a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he had a minor procedure. And we're so glad that, in fact, he has a tremendous healing testimony, and we are so glad to see him back, you know, a better version of Pastor Lionel, a much lighter version. And this time, he will not just be walking in the water, but walking on water. He'll be light enough to do that. <laughs> you know, um, today, um, we are going to share this, this last message of the vision series. And um, the series entitled, A River Flowing Outwards. And as a church, we need to take hold of our mandate as a church to bring transformation to our families, to our workplaces, to our community and the nations. Just curious, how many of us saw our brother Aaron on TV last night? Wow, I see a lot of hands. You know, can we show that picture up there? And wow, this handsome man, you know, uh, looks like in his 30s as chairman of River Life Community Services. And when I just saw the feature in the news uh, yesterday and today, I just sensed that the Lord's endorsement the Lord is endorsing us even as we go out. You know, and He's giving us His stamp of approval, His seal of authority, and we carry His favor as the river flows outwards. You know, there are so many testimonies to share. Brother Aaron will share with you if you have time for coffee with him. You know, of the food distribution initiative, you know, at Costa Rica, the different projects that we are doing as a church, and it is receiving national attention. So this morning, I just sensed that, brothers and sisters, as I was worshipping, in fact, I could worship all day with you guys, as I was worshipping, I just sensed that some of us, that we are facing a lid in our worship. We are facing a lid in our relationship with God, and today, the Lord just wants to remove that lid. Amen? The Lord just wants to remove their lid because He wants to take us higher. He wants to take us higher. He wants to take us closer to Him. There's a game that I play with my daughter uh, to touch the ceiling, you know, and she loves it. And I will carry her and throw her up and she will touch the ceiling, you know, and then I'll catch her back. Right? And she can always trust that Daddy will hold her when she comes down, you know, and she'll always come out to me and she will say, touch, because she realizes that with daddy's help, she can do things that she cannot do on her own. And that's childlike faith, right? But when we grow up, we start to, we start to grow this independent spirit. And a lot of times, we don't allow the Spirit of God to take us to higher ground with His help. And when God tells us, I want you to go higher, we say, God, it is beyond me. We start to give God excuses. But God wants us to focus not on our inability, but on His ability. Not on our own excuses, but on God's empowerment. So, brothers and sisters, I've entitled this message, No More excuses, and we will look at the life of Moses and his response to God's mandate over him. Do you know that Moses has a calling from God? And that is to deliver Israel from the land of Egypt, from a land of bondage, from a land of toil, from a land of anxiety and stress, and take them 
into the promised land. But you know what? Moses struggled with his mandate. He struggled big time with his mandate and Moses gave five excuses to God. Why so? Because when he looked inward, he saw that he saw the mandate that was given to him with his own lenses, with the lenses of his own lack. And like Moses, we can sometimes limit what God can do in and through us because of how we see ourselves. And, and these five excuses given by Moses, perhaps we have given these excuses to God as well. But this morning, the Lord wants us to know that He always calls us to things that we cannot do by ourselves. And He wants to go, take us to go beyond our excuses and learn to depend on His strength like the way my daughter depends on me to touch the ceiling. Because when that becomes a reality in your life, God gets the glory and not us. And we see time and again, right? God uses ordinary people in the Bible to do extraordinary things. And God wants to shift our mindsets. He wants to shift our attitude, not to look inward, but to look upward to embrace our mandate and the responsibilities He put us in with how He sees us. Today we are going to read from Exodus chapter 3, the whole passage, and if you would like to invite us to stand, uh, the whole passage we are going to cover is from Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 to Exodus chapter 4, verse 14, but uh, we will only read selected verses um, in our reading. So we read today from Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 to 22, together. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the last sign for you, that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also told to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 18, And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, and now let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty, but each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you for your word to us tonight, uh, this morning. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, God, that even as we treasure your word in our hearts, even as we revere your word, Lord, that you will open up your word to us. You open up your revelation to us. Lord, you will pour out your presence unto us. And that word will bear fruit 30, 60, and 104. Hide your servant, Lord, behind the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please have a seat. 
We see that Moses only started his journey with God at the age of 80. Some of us may not realize, but Moses grew up as an orphan. He was given up by his natural Jewish parents because Pharaoh had a death assignment on all the children of Israel, all the Jewish boys in the land, and because of the persecution, Moses' mother put him in a basket, now commonly known as a Moses basket, right? And all of us put that, you know, uh, put our children, and, and it let it flow down the Nile River. And the Pharaoh's daughter ended up adopting Moses, and he grew up in the courts of Pharaoh as an Egyptian. He was never brought up by his natural parents. He grew up without a father. And so he rose up in the ranks of the Egyptian courts, and he did very well. He had a natural leadership gifting. But because of his orphanhood, he cultivated an independent spirit. So when he turned 40, he was at his prime. He saw the Egyptian man ill-treating his Jewish brother. And then he started to take things into his own hands. His flesh and his anger got the better of him and he killed the Egyptian. He took justice into his own hands. And because of this mistake, he fled Egypt. He became a wanted man. He became a fugitive. And he ended up 40 years in the wilderness being a shepherd of a few sheep. But when he turned 80, and that was when we look at that conversation between God and, and Moses in the passage that we read this morning, God appeared to him through a burning bush. And he had that encounter with God that would change the entire course of his life. And it is at this encounter, for the first time, Moses learned to position himself as a son of God through his obedience. And God started to shift Moses' paradigm from orphanhood to sonship. And God, for the first time, revealed to Moses about his mandate to be Israel's deliverer, to take them out of Egypt and into the promised land. And in Exodus 3, we see from verse 7 to 9, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go! I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And like all of us who had a mandate from God, Moses had a mandate himself. And Moses was sent back to Egypt to fulfill that mandate and Moses had a choice, right? And he could say yes to that mandate or he could say no. He ended up saying no five times because Every time he looked at himself, he sees his lack. He sees his inadequacies and he sees his weaknesses. And his lack gradually became his excuse. And every time Moses gave God an excuse, you will see in the passage, God answered Moses with an empowerment. God says, I'm going to give you something. In answer to Moses' perceived lack, God says, I'm giving you this as my son. So go, be my ambassador, be my representative until Moses finally gave his yes to God. Let's look at these five excuses and I believe the Lord wants to, to speak to us. Right? The excuse number one, excuse number one, I am unworthy. Moses says that, I'm unworthy. In chapter 3, verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses was having an identity crisis. In the 40 years in the wilderness, he lost his self-worth because he went from a top 
civil servant in Egypt to being an obscure shepherd in the wilderness. And shepherding, mind you, in, in, in those times is one of the lowest jobs in society. It's a poor man's position, the lowest of duties. And his self-worth became tied to his job. His self-worth began to be tied to what he did and not to who he is. And when Moses asked God, who am I? He's telling God, God, I am just a poor shepherd. Please leave me alone. I'm too small for this gigantic task. I am not fit. I am not worthy for this assignment. And brothers and sisters, in order to walk in our mandate, we first need to find our identity. Amen? So how did God respond? How did God respond to Moses? He said, I will be with you. I will be with you. And God gave Moses his presence. That's the first thing God gave Moses, his presence. God is telling Moses that your identity is found in me. Your identity is found in my presence. Your identity cannot be found apart from me. And God promises to pour out His presence on Moses. Not because Moses did something great. Not because Moses performed well. Not because Moses got an A in his exam. But because, solely because of Moses' position in God as a son. And his worth is not based on what he did, but on who God says he is, the Son of God. So brothers and sisters, God told Moses in the passage, this is the sign that it is I who sent you. That when you come out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. You will worship me on this mountain. You see, Moses' mandate is not to lead Israel to the promised land per se. Moses' mandate is to lead Israel to God's presence that they may worship Him. The truth is that the Israelites are cut off from God's presence because of their ill treatment because of their toil and because of their oppression. They have no time for God. They have no space for God. And that's why they need a deliverer to take them out of that ecosystem, to take them out of that oppressive system that they can worship in God's presence. And at the heart of this mandate, brothers and sisters, is God's heart to be intimate, with his people. It's God's heart to be close to his people, that his people would come before him and worship him. And that is what our mandate as believers as well, to bring God's presence into our family, to bring God's presence into our workplaces, to bring God's presence into our community, to bring God's presence into the nations. But you know what? To fulfill this mandate, we need His presence. We need His presence. And we need to learn how to depend on God. Because dependence on God is key to see God's promises come to pass. Right? Because you could see Moses understood that. In Exodus 33, verses 15 to 17, Moses said to him, he said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish, distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am 
pleased with you and I know you by name. You know, Moses told God that, God, if you're not coming with us, don't even bother to send us into the promised land. Because the promised land has no meaning without God's presence. The promised land is not the same if God is not there ultimately. Because it is the presence of God that will ultimately fulfill us. It is the presence of God that will distinguish us from the world. It is the presence of God that will enable us to fulfill our mandate, to see every promise given to us fulfilled in the name of Jesus. So brothers and sisters, this morning or this week, you might have a rough week. You might have a rough year thus far. You may be in a valley. Perhaps you are like Moses. You are at a low point in your life and you struggle with your self-worth because your self-worth has always been tied to the things that you do and you ask this question, how can God use me? And I want to tell you that God wants to use you. God wants to use you because He is your, he is your father. You are His son. You are His daughter. But more importantly, God wants you to depend on Him. And God says, child, my son and my daughter, you have my presence. You have my presence, trust me. And then God is pouring His presence in this church in a greater measure. Amen? Amen. We see that every Sunday, His tangible, manifest presence is being poured out in our midst. So church, will we cry out for more of Him? Will we cry out for more of Him? Will we learn to remove that lid, that self-imposing lid, and will we learn to break through to have that full access to God because He desires to break into your life in a deeper measure. And from that place of intimacy and dependence, you enter into fruitfulness. That's one. God gave Moses his presence. Let's look at excuse number two. Moses then came up with another excuse. Okay? And Moses tells God, I am unknowing. I am unknowing. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the people of Israel and I tell them, The God of your father sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What do I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Tell the people of Israel, I am, send me to you. You know, Moses is saying, actually, I don't know enough about you, God. In today's context, the excuse will be, I'm a young Christian. I'm a young believer. I don't know the Bible enough or I am not mature enough. And because of that, God, I'm so sorry. I, I, I can't serve you in that way. I can't answer your call. How did God answer Moses? God gave Moses the second thing. God gave Moses revelation. And that's the second empowerment. God gave Moses revelation. And there are two things God revealed to Moses. The first is that God revealed His person to Moses. God told Moses, I am who I am. Tell the people that I am sends you. God is sovereign. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And everything starts and ends with God. God is the reference point. God will not enforce our preferences and our passions per se, but God will only enforce His sovereign will in our midst. And our role is to flow and surrender to God. And the second thing God revealed to Moses is that He revealed His plan to Moses. He revealed His plan to Moses. He downloaded the entire blueprint of deliverance to Moses. And our lack 
of knowledge, our lack of understanding has never been a stumbling block to God's will in your life. In fact, it is when we think that we know that our flesh can take over what God has for us. And we run into the danger of subverting the will of God. Brothers and sisters, last year when I took over as acting senior pastor, to be very honest, I felt lost at times. Because I'm quite very clear that my role is to support Pastor Ben and the SLT, and I will give my all for that purpose. But a lot of times I ask God, what is the spiritual message to the congregation? And God only gave me these words second half of last year. Rebuild the altar. Rebuild the altar. Rebuild the meeting place so that God's fire can fall. And the river in Ezekiel 47 flows from the altar of God. And we need to make space, make room for God to move in our lives once again. Because we need to encounter God afresh and fall in love with Him all over again. So family, my prayer has always been, Lord, if you don't come, we really don't know what to do. Because we don't need man's clever plans. We don't need the programs of man, but we need your revelation. We need your presence. And brothers and sisters, I just want to encourage you to be hungry for Him, to desire more of Him. And if you can come for Wednesday night prayer meeting, come with the posture of seeking God. Lord, come. Because the atmosphere is special. God is not just here on Sunday, but He's here on every day. Amen. We need His presence. We need to walk by God's revelation. And God has revealed to us this year that the river has to flow outwards. The river has to flow outwards and we need to be a river of life, not a dead sea to the people around you. The families, the singles, the cell groups in our midst, we need to be a river of life. Let the Spirit take us there to be rivers of living water flowing out of God's presence where we submit to the Lord's revelation. The third thing that Moses said to God, Lord, this is his third excuse, Lord, I am unauthorized. I am unauthorized. Exodus 4 verse 1, Moses objected. He said, they won't trust me. They won't listen to a word I say. They are going to say, God, appear to him hardly. That's Moses' third excuse. And maybe some of us can identify with that. Some of us say, my family members won't trust me. Some of us say that my colleagues won't believe me. Some of us say, as cell leaders, my cell members won't listen to me. How did God answer Moses? God gave Moses the third empowerment. And that is, God gave Moses his authority. God gave Moses his authority. The staff that is found in Moses' hand, God told him to cast it out. And when he cast it out, it became a snake. He took it, the snake by the tail, and out came the staff again. Signs and wonders started to follow Moses from then on. Brothers and sisters, when God calls us to preach, when God calls us to teach or lead in some way, sometimes we may be afraid that people will not accept our leadership. But if your ministry is from God, God will authenticate what you do. And if your call is from God, He will back you up. Amen? So learn to wield your authority. Learn to wield your authority. Learn to use your staff that the Lord has given you. And Moses had to learn to raise his staff against Pharaoh. 
And he did it 10 times. Moses had to learn to raise his staff against the Red Sea. And sometimes in serving God, it doesn't mean that we have no obstacles in front of us. It doesn't mean that we have no difficulties in front of us, but the Lord, and I'm speaking prophetically to some of you, the Lord wants to, to encourage you and is telling us to raise your staff and to learn how to declare and to learn how to use the authority that He has given you. Because God is going to remove the obstacles in front of you. So it may look like it is impossible to cross those obstacles. The Red Sea could be in front of you, but God says, I'm going to cross, I'm going to lead you to cross the Red Sea. I'm going to lead you to cross the Red Sea, but you need to stretch out your hand. You need to learn to stretch out your hand and to declare and to pray and to see that breakthrough come to pass. God gave Moses his presence. God gave Moses his revelation. And God gave Moses his authority. But apparently that's not good enough for Moses. And Moses came up with the fourth excuse. And Moses told God, God, I am unable. I am unable. Chapter 4, verse 10, Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I don't talk well. I have never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter and stammer. Moses is appealing to God what he saw as his handicap, what he saw as his slowness of speech, his weakness. And you know what? We all have weaknesses, don't we? We all walk with a limp. So we look at this passage and we ask ourselves, is our inability a good enough excuse for God? Verse 11, see how the Lord answered Moses. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And that's the fourth thing that God gave Moses. He gave Moses an impartation. And as children of God, this is what we receive. We receive an impartation from God. God says, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. The same words that Jesus told His disciples, that as you walk in your commission, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. And brothers and sisters, you know, I want to be vulnerable with all of you. And my my testimony on this area of preaching because I always felt that I walked with the limb in this area because I did not go to Bible school. I, did, I had no formal training on preaching and yet this season, I feel God called me to preach because there's something burning inside me and it's almost like I woe to me if I do not preach the Word of God. Woe to me if I do not preach the Word of God. But I struggle, okay? I struggle big time with God. And, and, and my starting point is to ask God, Lord, what do you have to say to your people? What is your Word this Sunday? Not last Sunday, not next Sunday, but what is your Word this Sunday, what is the word in season for your people? And I'm asking for God to impart that to me because people do not need to hear from me. People do not need to hear man's words, but people need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear from the Lord because I'm just a vessel, a conduit, a limited and weak vessel. 
It doesn't mean that I'm not going to work hard. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to spend time preparing my message. In fact, I'm going to give my best. But you know what? I'm going to serve God from a position of rest. From a position knowing that I'm a son of God. And my job is to deliver what the Lord has imparted to me. Brothers and sisters, I just sense that the Lord wants us to look beyond our weaknesses. He wants us to look beyond our inadequacies. He wants us to look beyond our self-imposed limitations. And this morning, will you do that? Because we're going to spend time with God later. And I pray that that's going to be a prayer of river life. That the Lord will remove that lid. And Moses came to God with the final excuse. The final excuse. Excuse number five. He said, Oh, Master, please send someone else. God got angry with Moses. Don't you have a brother, Aaron, the Levite? He's good with words. I know he is. He speaks very well. In fact, at this very moment, he's on his way to meet you. When he sees you, he's going to be glad. Moses told God, I am unwilling. I am unwilling. God, send someone else. The guy beside me can do a better job. Why did Moses say that? I believe it's because Egypt reminded Moses of his failures. Egypt reminded Moses of his past. And Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness trying to get over his past. He's trying to live life afresh. And he's really contented being this insignificant, you know, shepherd of a few sheep. And he didn't want to go back to Egypt to face the first 40 years of his life. But God said no. God wouldn't have no as an answer because God is so persistent with his mandate. And when God calls us, he will also provide. So one way he provides is to give us teammates. And what is the final thing that God, God gave Moses? God gave Moses a teammate. A teammate in, in Aaron, his brother, that will help Moses carry his burdens, okay? His own, Aaron, uh, his own brother Aaron to help Moses overcome his fear of failure, to provide practical help to Moses. And we see that in the New Testament because the disciples went out two by two. Pastor Brent preached last Sunday. We are not called to fulfill this mandate alone in our life. And God has given us a teammate. And some of you, some of us, more than one teammate. Because God has placed like-minded, God-fearing people in your life to help you fulfill your mandate. Those of us that are married, our spouse is our teammate. Our cell members are our teammates, our close spiritual friends who love us and can speak into our lives are our teammates. But more than that, brothers and sisters, I want to say to all of us that we have not just an earthly teammate, but we have a heavenly teammate. John 14, verse 16. Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is here to help us fulfill our mandate. Amen? The wonderful counselor, the paracletos, the alongsider, our very present help. He's here to help us. I just want to share this story 
about trust because it's important that teammates trust each other. This story about trust, and it's told by, you know, I had this, uh, you know, I told my mom many years ago that I wanted to be a sports psychologist because, you know, I was into shooting and I was really into performance sports, you know, and I, I really counted as my ambition to, to, to be a sports psychologist, but although, you know, God turned me into another direction, but I, I really admire this Christian sports psychologist, and his name is David Cook. And he shares this story, this story about trust. And he, he's a very, uh, you know, uh, he's a sports psychologist to many accomplished sports teams. And there is this coach, a volleyball coach, top volleyball coach, University of Houston. And they were in the NCAA finals, you know, um, University of Houston playing the University of Nebraska. And, and this coach gave a call to, to Dr. David Cook. And he's asking Dr. David Cook, you know, this question. You know, I have really wonderful players in my team. And five of them are great. But there's one weak link in the team. There's one weak link in the team. And her name is Kate. And Kate sometimes, you know, even jump off the wrong foot. You know, Kate sometimes are still pretty clumsy with her dicks, you know, uh, in, 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 the, in the way she receives the ball. And the coach is wondering, on the day before the competition, the final, should I have a lineup change? Should I ask perhaps a more experienced uh, teammate to come in to replace Kate? And Dr. David Cook told him, and he says it's a no-brainer. Coach, you know, if you make this change, it's not just that substitution. What kind of message are you sending to the other five? That you do not trust this team? And, and that coach, you know, that light bulb in him lighted up. And he says, no, I'm going to trust Kate. I'm going to trust the whole team. And on that day of the final, he took Kate aside and says that, you know, Kate, I trust in you. I trust you. You know, go ahead, enjoy the game. You know, do the best you can. Make the team proud. And then he told each and every one of his teammates on the team the same thing. And Kate had an incredible game that day. You know, the University of Houston trashed the University of Nebraska. And Kate was only averaging maybe five to six kills a game. And on that final, guess how many kills she had? 25 kills. And when the university was, the whole team was celebrating, you know, when the confetti came down, they're celebrating the victory, the coach went up to Kate and, and he saw, and he asked Kate, you know, you did so well today. What was the difference? What made the difference? And Kate told that coach, Coach, it is the first time you've trusted me. It is the first time you trusted me. And brothers and sisters, I just want to share this story with you because God is not like that coach because God trusts us from day one, you know, and He has entrusted us with this mandate of bringing His lost children home. He has entrusted us with this mandate of healing the sick, of raising the dead, of cleansing the lepers, of delivering the oppressed. He could have done it Himself, but He would want to share that joy with us. Shall we stand? and respond to God together. Brothers and sisters, wherever you are, service is not over yet. The Lord is saying to us, son, daughter, I trust you so much that I've given you 
the gospel message. I've given you the gospel of the kingdom. Will you learn to trust me? And that's the essence of the conversation between God and Moses. Because each time Moses looked inward, God told Moses to look upwards. Trust me. Every time Moses focused on his leg, God told Moses to focus on what God is giving Moses. Trust me. And as we come before the Lord's throne, I just want to let you know that Jesus is interceding for us. Since He sat at the throne of, at the throne of God 2,000 years ago. And Jesus is praying hard for us because He knows our weaknesses, our limitations, our inabilities. And yet, He trusts us. Will you put your trust in Him to help you walk in your mandate? For the next 40 years, Moses gave his life to this mandate to take Israel to the promised land. And this mandate became his single focus. And everything great in the life of Moses happened in this last 40 years of his life. For some of us, the Lord is saying to you, your best years are ahead of you. Your best years are ahead of you. So don't look back at your failures. Don't look back at your mistakes. Don't look back at your missteps. But look forward because God trusts you. And God wants you to receive His empowerment, His presence, His revelation, His authority, His impartation, and His practical help. Shall we sing this response song to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us and fill us. Take me to that place, Lord Where there's nothing else but me and you Longing for your presence I know that you're calling me to you here I stand and long for your embrace nothing else could ever take your place of your spirit Lord I'm crying now for more and more come Holy Spirit fall in this place I need more and more of you fill me again with the of your spirit Lord I'm crying now for more and more of you brothers and sisters I just want to issue this call what has the Lord called you to do for him is there something that the Lord has put in your heart maybe God has given you a dream seed and he says, I want you to start a kingdom business. And you tell God, you know, I have no money, I have no resources. I have nothing within me that I can offer you. Maybe God is calling you to reach your family for Christ. To pray for your family members that have not come to know the Lord. And perhaps He has given you this burden for that someone in your life that He wants to you to bring the gospel to. 
Do you feel unworthy or unable to fulfill that calling? For some of us here, are you feeling an overwhelming challenge before you right now? I believe the Lord wants to empower you this morning by filling you afresh with His Holy Spirit. And I just want to invite all of us to come down and be empowered by the Spirit afresh. Because without the Spirit, we cannot live right before God. Those that are feeling you're not good enough, you know, that's what I feel for most of my life that I'm not good enough. And that, that voice you have been hearing, you know, today God wants to break that voice. God wants to break that voice because you are good enough God, for God. And that's the message for you. You are good enough for me, my son and my daughter. And I'm going to fill you afresh. I'm going to empower you. So I just sense that the Lord wants to minister to us directly. Not for anyone to be prayed for. That can take place later. But just calm down and and. Allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just empower you, fill you afresh. Shall we do that? Come, sons and daughters of the Most High, come before Him. Come and be empowered. Let's sing the chorus once again. This place, I need more and more of you. Fill me again with the power of your spirit. Lord, I'm crying out for more and more. Come on, spirit, fall in. Spirit, Lord, I'm crying out for more. Come, Holy Spirit, fall in this place. I need more and more of you. Fill me again with the power. Of your spirit, Lord, I'm crying out for more. Come, Holy Spirit, fall in this place. I need more and more of you. Fill me, fill me again with the power. Of your spirit, Lord, I'm crying out for more and more of you. Church, even as Elder Young issued the invitation for us to respond. I believe that there are some of us here, the voice of your parents is speaking very loudly to you. The message that you've been getting since childhood is that you've not matched up, you're not good enough. But in the flow of this message, I believe that the Lord is inviting many more here to know the heart of your Heavenly Father.
The Lord wants you to experience the redemptive voice of the Heavenly Father. The redemptive voice of our Heavenly Father that you are worthy, you are good enough for me, I have called you. The Lord wants to break that bondage of that voice that has, as Elder Young mentioned, has created that lid over your life. So as we continue in this atmosphere of a time to respond wherever you are, if you recognize that voice that says you can't make it, you're not so good, compared to others, would you break that lie in the name of Jesus this morning? and walk in that redemptive voice of our Abba Father. That I love you, you are good enough, I have called you, I have a plan for you. I have given you an assignment which you recognize my voice so ever father this morning for those of us who have responded here at the altar and for many more out there father that you are speaking you are inviting father I pray for your voice to speak so loudly and clearly and yet so gently and yet so inviting that your children, your sons and daughters in this house will come to respond to your invitation to fulfill their mandate as your disciple makers, as your change agents, wherever you have positioned them. No excuses whatsoever anymore. So Father, I pray would you continue to speak to your people River Lifers, can I just invite you to raise your hands as a expression, an expression of your, your need for God the Father, as an expression of your surrender, and as, as an expression for you to receive His redemption over voices, over lies that have been spoken to you. Would you just raise your hands all over this place? And this is an invitation to every person here in the worship center, wherever you are. So Father in heaven, this morning we come and say, Abba Father, we want to respond to your love thank you for trusting us as your sons and daughters to fulfill what you have mandated us to do that none of us here are in lack to fulfill your mandate but all of us here you have trusted Father, thank you. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for choosing us. 
thank you for giving us a new lease of life that we can fulfill your purpose, your calling in this season of our lives that all of us are useful vessels that you can work through. So Father, this morning I ask that you speak to every single one of us here. Whether those of us here at the altar, those of us standing wherever we are in every corner of this worship centre. Voice of God, would you speak straight into our hearts to receive your mandate. and to know that we can walk out of this worship centre as sons and daughters who are being transformed daily in accordance to all that you have ever spoken to us, your truth, your promises, your call, in our lives. So Father, we receive. We receive your mandate. We thank you for trusting us. We thank you for choosing us. And we want to go forth in strength, in boldness, that you will provide you will impart to us. You will enable us because, Lord, we are here to receive all that you, the Holy Spirit, would grant us. So, Father, I pray, find us, Lord, ever responsive to your invitation. Find us ever responsive to take up your mandate. As change agents, as disciple makers in our sphere of influence, because you go before us, you enable us. And we long and we desire to see your hand and your power at work in our lives and in our midst. None of us are too small, too weak. But I pray, only find us willing to say yes to you. Yes and yes and yes to your love, to your trust and to your call. And so to this end, I pray, Father, help us go forth as people who are rooted in your word and your promises. Cause us to go forth as people walking in step with you, Holy Spirit. Cause us to go forth as people empowered filled daily with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can go about our lives, we can go about fulfilling our call and our purpose with you as our senior partner. Cause us, Lord, to go forth as sons and daughters who know so deeply the Father's love and out of that love, out of that trust that you have vested in us, we go forth with such assurance that you will use us as your vessels. So work in us, Lord. Work through us. Make us a blessing 
wherever we step foot, that the light of your presence will go before us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our campuses. Use us, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram or head on over to riverlife.org.sg. God bless and have a great week ahead.